morning. This is Peter John, and this is Rogue Grace. On this Wednesday, you've made it halfway through the week. <laughs> As they call it, hump day. And the Lord is going to see you through, my friend. You see, we don't have to worry about what tomorrow holds. Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Because today has enough evil of its own. So I don't even have to worry or analyze what tomorrow may hold or bring. I just live for this day in God. And so on this day, having just said that, we find ourselves in the book of Hebrews chapter 3. Let me pick up right where we left off. It's in verse 12, and the writer of Hebrews says, Take care, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Now, that is a very firm, good, um, not only is it an instruction, an exhortation to not wander from God, the living God. Don't fall away. Because that is an evil unbelieving heart, he says. Now, it is almost always interpreted by commentators, preachers, and people to mean, that means don't go into sinfulness or into some kind of hedonism or sensuality. And you know what? That is very true. You will find that in the New Testament. How Ever. Here in this text, that is the wrong or out of context. For in this text, in the book of Hebrews, when he warns, when he exhorts the writer not to wander or fall away from the living God because it leads to evil, unbelieving hearts, he is talking to a group of people that were prone to wander from the simplicity of God. Gospel grace, period. And so in context with the book of Hebrews then, which sadly to me is always, almost always mistranslated or misunderstood, this word in Hebrews 3 that I just read, this warning is for us not to leave the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Don't let your mind or your heart wander from the simplicity of the gospel that it is finished. Stay in the place of grace. Remain under the mercy seat. Love the fact that Jesus has been perfect for you, so it's not about you at all. Can you get that? I hope so. We'll be right back. 
your joy when the morning comes your hope keeps me looking up you are storm your strength when my heart is born you are left off before the song break in verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 3, where we are told, take care lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. That's what we talked about last session. 
but exhort one another every day, as long it is called today, that none of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For it reads, we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who were those who had heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who had left Egypt, led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked those 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned? whose bodies fell in the wilderness, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient, verse, last verse 19, the last verse of chapter 3, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Why were the people of Israel not able to enter the land that had been promised simply through unbelief. So when we talk about their falling away and being cast down, bodies in the wilderness, sinning, provoking, rebelling, all of those phrases that are used in our text here in Hebrews are found or are rooted in the final verse, the reason they could not enter was unbelief. You see, if it was not for this book of Hebrews and this truth I just read, I would believe that the reason I am not entering into the fullness of God's blessing, provision, and rest is because of some kind of mistake or willful sin on my part. I would think the reason I'm not entering into the land of promise, as it were, to the fullness of God, to the peace that God can give is because of this sin or that issue and many people can I even suggest most people who are Christians believe that preach that listen to that the reason you're not in the promised land whatever that might be for you the reason you're not in the the fullness of God's blessing the reason you're not in the place under the spout where the blessings come out is because you're sinning here, you're doing that, you're doing the other, and it's just nothing more than another list. Like any religion. And this book of Hebrews is decimating that by saying they didn't enter, not because of their sinfulness or rebellion or issues. They didn't enter because of unbelief. That was all. 
And I know on any given day, the difference between being in the rest of God and being stressed is believing. That's all I'm called to do. Not only that, but this book of Hebrews is laying out for us this incredible principle that the work, as it were, is finished. All we have to do is believe that, receive that, and we will have that. You can't receive the shalom and peace of God by evaluating your performance, your Christianity, your spirituality. You will never find it. But in remembering that Jesus Christ died for you, rose again for you, and is now seated at the right hand of God for you, that is where true shalom comes from. And even then, subsequently, without maybe even intentionality, sin, transgression, falls to the wayside. Because we have nothing left to attain or prove, as we did before we understood that the work is finished. So I think it's brilliant encouraging, fascinating here in Hebrews in chapter 3 how the writer lists all these things of the people of Israel that they did not enter in to the promised land. He lists the fact that they hardened their hearts, that they rebelled, that they provoked him, that is Moses, that their bodies fell in the wilderness because they were disobedient. And you go, yeah, yeah, they were doing all of those things wrong and preachers preached that and people believed that and that's how we see that. But then he says to close up the chapter, so we see that they were unable to enter because of what? Unbelief. It all gets down to faith. We'll be right back. Your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, my soul longs and even faints for you. For here my heart is satisfied within. Your presence, I sing beneath the shadow of your wings. Better is one day in your court, better is one day in your house, better is one day in your court, thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your court. Better is one day in your house Better is one day 
Get this. What the devil wants for you to be is a yo-yo Christian. He wants you to be a yo-yo Christian that goes up and down all of the time. And so he's constantly placing in our consciousness, in the back of our minds, in our hearts, the way that we fail, the things that we fall short in. And he causes us to believe, even so subtly, that we sin because we're sinners and we do what's right 
because we're righteous and vice versa. We do what is, we are righteous because we do what is right. He wants you to believe that. He wants you really to think that you are righteous because you do what is right. And when you don't, he says, now you're a sinner because you sin. And he gets us all mixed up thinking that, oh, I'm a sinner because I sin. I'm not righteous because I haven't done what is right. And he gets you off the focus of being placed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which then demonstrates that you are righteous whether or not you do what is right. Because you do what is right, it doesn't even affect your righteousness. You are righteous because Jesus did what is right. That's what keeps me from becoming or behaving or feeling like a yo-yo, up and down. Up when I'm doing right, down when I'm doing wrong. But that comes because you or I begin to subtly believe that our righteousness is contingent on our obedience. No, our obedience to God comes from the fact we are already righteous. That's beautiful. To get our eyes off ourselves all together. Like I mentioned yesterday in the Bible story of Numbers 21, the people who were smitten or struck, bitten by snakes, were simply to take their eyes off their snake bites, their wounds, not analyze them, not medicate them, but take their eyes off them altogether and put their eyes on the pole where the brass serpent was hung and they would find life and healing. Thank the Lord that we're not called to be analyzing ourselves, focused on ourselves, wondering about ourselves, but losing ourselves in the consciousness of the cross where Jesus became sin even though he never himself did sin. So at any given time, dear listener today, you can either be focused on the sin that you have inherited from Adam and Eve or the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ. We'll be right back. Of God, born of His Spirit. 
Okay, so once again, 
to reiterate, I am not a, just a sinner because I sin, but I sin because I'm a sinner. Get it? And also, I am not righteous because I do what is right. Get that? I am not righteous because I do what is right. I do what is right because I'm righteous. See, from God's perspective, me being in Christ means I have overcome temptation without failing. Positionally speaking, I have healed those that were leprous and hemorrhaging. I have raised the dead and walked on water. I have lived a sinless life. I have kept the obedient commandments of God perfectly. That's me. That's, that's how, that's, I, I'm amazed, but that's how God sees me. And if you believe in Christ, that's how he sees you as well. That is why it is called the good news. Not just news, as I believe it's too often communicated, but it is the good news. Jesus Christ has risen and represents you and me in doing so. Good news. So come out tonight, 7 o'clock, in the sanctuary, and you're going to be blessed by the teaching of the book of Proverbs from my father, John Corson. If you can't come out, you can always tune in on KAPL or the website for KAPL. Right? Right. And on New Year's Eve, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to what my dad is going to say because um, I, I know politics. I, I'm into current events, but not as much as I would, let's say, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, maybe. So I'm looking forward to his understanding and thoughtfulness on this on New Year's Eve and then we're going to go outside and be by the bonfires welcoming in the New Year so that'll be on New Year's Eve I can't remember what time do you remember what time is that uh 6:30 cool yes begins at 6:30 mm -hmm. okay so inside and outside and it's going to be great so Circle that on your calendar or mark it in your mind. It's going to be awesome. And then on Sunday, of course, we'll be having church as we always do. That's what Sundays are all about. I love it. So thanks for letting me share with you this morning. Uh, I've been cutting it short a little bit the last few days or the past week. Hopefully I'll get my my stanima to go the full hour soon but we're working on it little by little god's grace is sufficient 
So tomorrow, Lord William, we begin Hebrews chapter 4. You can go ahead and read ahead if you want. It's a beautiful chapter. We're getting into some really good stuff now. So I'll talk to you about it. Menyana. See you tonight. God bless.